0: Welcome to the Fitness for Sport podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving unseen amateur athletes training advice for the weight room, field, court, track, and much more. After all, training resources and knowledge should not just be for one group of athletes, and not for others. I'm your host Connor Stewart, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, a personal trainer, but most of all, I love to play sport. Thank you very much for listening, and let's get into today's episode. And welcome to episode number 26 of the Fitness for Sport podcast. Thank you very much for listening as always. Uh, how are you surviving this corona lockdown situation? I mean, it's just absolutely crazy at the moment. I don't know when the end is going to be. I don't think anyone really knows when the end is going to be. But the most important thing is that we keep on pushing through and we keep on succeeding for ourselves personally, uh, for our family and anyone else who's really sort of dependent on us to be successful and we just keep on going and we keep pushing through. So no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, no matter how you're listening to this, thank you very much for listening and I wish you all the most success in the world. So if you read today's email and by today I mean uh, Thursday the 30th of April, you will know that I plan to have a guest on today. Unfortunately there was a last minute change and the guest won't be on today but he will hopefully be on next week Uh, so not to worry it will still happen Uh, but today you will have my dulcet soothing tones to listen to for whatever you may be doing whether you listen to this podcast to go to sleep or just to run uh, have my dulcet tones support you along the way And I thought that for today's episode, considering I had some good feedback on the sprinting for blog blog post, uh, sprinting for blog, sprinting for fitness blog post, I thought that I would expand on that a little bit and make that into a podcast. So uh, let's march on, shall we, and start talking about sprinting for fitness. And firstly, why is sprinting so good? Uh, for all sorts of fitness, whether that's training for speed, training for anaerobic fitness, repeat sprint ability, whatever it may be. Sprinting is a really versatile training method that you can use to really spice up your home training. Now, I know a lot of you listening to this won't really be into the whole long runs and aerobics training where you're going for miles and miles on end. You might do it because you know the benefits of it you know it's good it's going to benefit you in some way so you just put up with it you grit your teeth for half an hour an hour and you just get it done i get it i'm in the same boat as you but sprinting it's fast for most of us anyway it's explosive it's really an all in effort and it's much more like training for sport, especially if you're a team sport athlete. So it's a little bit more familiar about what we're used to and it can honestly bring about some great adaptations. So firstly, why is sprinting so good? Well, it's a pretty much a whole body explosive movement. If you want to sprint fast and sprint fast consistently, then you're going to have to use your whole body from the way you move your arms to obviously the way you move your legs to how your feet move everything's got to be explosive everything's got to be hundred percent you got to explode off the line you got to rise like a jet and you really have to give every rep everything you've got you have to be able to use all the strength and power available to you in your upper and lower body to propel you as fast as you can from one point to another It's really an expression of how well you've done your strength training in a way, although it's not a direct comparison because the two are very different. But recreationally, we could say that uh, how you sprint and the speed at which you sprint is a good sort of indication as to the effectiveness of your strength training, as it were. So before we start off sprinting let's talk a little bit about how we're meant to sprint so there are two main phases that you really need to know about about the sprint the first is the acceleration phase and the second is the max velocity phase now there is a sort of sub phase a third phase which is the transition phase and as you finish the acceleration phase and get into the max velocity phase there's a a bit of a merger between the two and you get this sort of transition phase where you go from a mainly horizontal force output to a mainly vertical force output so let's talk about acceleration if you have a notepad grab it quickly pause this and take some notes it's really it's going to be really simple i'm going to keep it nice and simple so you don't have too much to think about so the first thing we want to think about when we're sprinting is ultimately having our dominant leg forward we want to be starting off with our dominant leg forward because that is going to be our naturally strongest leg and we're going to be able to push off of that in the interest of balance we are obviously going to have sprints where we do non-dominant leg first and then dominant leg first but to start off with, let's go non-dominant leg forward. You want to be in a split position. So let my dominant legs, my right leg, so I'm going to have my right leg forward, my left leg back just behind the heel. Uh, both sets of toes pointing forwards, and I'm going to have most of my body weight leaning over that front leg. I'm gonna split my arms so that my left arm is gonna be slightly forward and my right arm is gonna be slightly back. Now the job of the arms in this is to explode as fast as you can. As we push off, we're also gonna be pushing off with our right leg and our left leg's gonna come through, which means our right arm needs to split forwards as fast and as far as you can. You really wanna be thinking about getting your arm up to your head. And your left arm, which is going to be going back with your right leg, really wants to be going back as far as it can, as fast as it can, the faster, harder, and further you can split your arms, then the better it's going to be. Now, let's go talk about legs first. Probably should have talked about legs first, but never mind. Let's talk. We'll go top down for this. So that right leg is forward, and we are going to push off that front leg as fast as we can. That back leg, so it'd be my left leg, your non-dominant leg is gonna come through as fast as we can. And if I was to take a picture of you at the end of the first step of acceleration, when you're pushing off your dominant leg, your left leg is coming through and your right arm is coming up, there should be a nice straight line from your heel, knee, hip, shoulder, head. You want everything to be in a nice straight line explode off as fast as you can, drive that right leg back, bring that left leg forward, keep your head in a nice neutral position the whole time. The worst thing you can do is do something funky with your head, whether that be look up to the sky, look left or look right, because your head is going to dictate where you go. If you look up too soon, you're going to rise too soon. If you look left, you're ending up going to drift left. If you look right, you're going to drift right. So keep your head nice and neutral. Imagine at your head when you do a deadlift just keep it nice and straight you're not looking up you're not looking down just nice and straight the same as you would do uh, when you're deadlifting this is going to very much characterize how the acceleration phase is done now for most of you your acceleration phase will be done between sort of fifth, 10 let's say some of you will finish your acceleration phase at 10 meters. Some of you will be 15, some of you as 20. Now, for those of you who are listening to this going, well, actually, your acceleration doesn't end until 40, 50 meters. That is for elite sprinters. Unfortunately, there aren't many elite sprinters out there. And they would, well, pretty much know this stuff anyway. So for all of you non-elite sprinters out there, you're going to have a very much shortened acceleration phase, you're going to have very much shortened max velocity phase and your speed endurance phase is going to be little to non-existent. What you really want to be doing in the acceleration phase is you want to be as explosive as possible and you want to rise like a jet. And what I mean by that is right at the start of your acceleration you're going to have long ground contact times and you're going to have relatively short flight times. So you're going to spend more time producing force and building your speed and you're going to spend less time in your speed if that sort of makes sense. And as you go through your acceleration. You're gonna build up speed, you're gonna to get to 75% of your max speed by your sixth stride or sixth step, I believe, so it's pretty quick and you're gonna to have to be, like I said, as explosive, as, as powerful, as, as fast as you can really early on to make sure you get a good top speed. So what does all this mean about rising like a jet? Well, imagine how a plane or a jet takes off slowly at first and then it builds up speed and then it gradually comes off the tarmac and takes off and you've got to think of yourself in the same way so you're going to start off in that low body position where you're trying to really push back build up as much speed be as powerful as possible to accelerate your body and then as you build up speed as you are getting close towards your top speed you're going to slowly and steadily rise until you get up into this nice top upright position and when you hit this top upright position that's when you're going to be starting your max velocity phase now if you rise too early you're going to hit it too early obviously but at the same time if you force yourself to stay down that's also bad because you're never going to get into that phase to end with so your body's going to do it naturally so just let it do what's natural and that's why the head is so important because if you look up too early with your head you're going to rise out of the acceleration too early and if you keep your head down you're going to force yourself to stay in that acceleration position for too long and so when you hit your at max velocity phase the most important thing you can do is maintain the speed that you've gained in acceleration the max velocity phase isn't for really increasing your speed you might increase your speed a little bit during the max velocity phase but it's mainly about maintaining at the speed that you have got and you can maintain the max velocity phase for again it's going to it's going to be highly individual to you um, but I would expect you can maintain your max velocity speed between sort of 10 and 30 meters after you uh, you started reaching that phase so for some of you listening to this your whole sprint phase might be just 25 meters because you've never really sprinted before you've never had a chance to improve your sprinting you don't know how to sprint correctly whereas others who are sort of naturally a bit quicker they're a bit more fast twitch, might be 60 to 70 meters for their entire sprint phase it just depends on who you are your training background how you have been training in the gym etc etc so max velocity sprinting upright posture That is the most important thing. You really want to be as tall as you can. And whereas in acceleration, we're really trying to drive our legs forwards and backwards like pistons in an engine, this time we really want to be striking down. We want to be striking down on the ground powerfully, but we also don't want to be spending too much time on the ground because if we start hitting the ground with force and pushing back, that's actually going to slow us down. So as your leg comes through and uh, your foot starts moving towards the ground, we really want to be forceful in pushing towards the ground. We want to be hitting the ground with a lot of power, a lot of force. You'll know if you're not doing this because your hip flexors will really hurt. If you just, if you just let your leg sort of tick over with no sort of purpose and you're just going through the motions your hip flexors come under a lot of strain and stretch and you're really going to feel that so to prevent that you really want to be striking down hard and fast and as soon as you hit the ground think about coming off the ground because the less time you can spend on the ground means the faster you're going to be able to be and the more time you spend on the ground means the more time you're going to be your foot is going to be at the back of your body so there's something called frontside mechanics versus backside mechanics and any successful sprinter is dominant in frontside mechanics and efficient in backside mechanics and their leg recovery people who are not so sufficient in sprinting I'll put my hand up and say that is definitely me as well They are inefficient in backside mechanics, they spend too much time out the back of their body and they can't recover their legs enough so they can't put enough force into the ground which means they're forced to push which means you slow down. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm getting at? So in upright running, in max velocity, we want to be striking down as hard and as fast as we can. Get on the floor, get off the floor. Your arms want to be doing the same thing they've been doing before. They want to be really explosively driving forwards because the faster you can sort of drive them forwards, the faster you're going to be able to drive them back. And it's not as if optimizing the mechanics of your arms is going to make you faster, but what it will do is it's going to stop you from slowing down. Do you see what I mean? It's not going to add anything. It's going to prevent something being taken away from your speed and how you sprint so make sure that your arms are exploding forwards exploding back I know I keep saying exploding a lot but sprinting is all about the expression of force and the expression of force is naturally like explosive explosions etc so I'm sorry if that analogy is becoming tiresome but it's the best one to use I promise you So now there's this sort of basic understanding about sprinting, sprint mechanics and how we sprint. By the way, it is far more in depth than what I've just explained now. That is a very quick overview. It's some few very simple points which is gonna help you sprint better, but truly mastering sprint training, running mechanics, everything like this takes practice, practice, practice and years and years and years. It's such a fine motor skill. It's a reflexive, reactive ability rather than necessarily purposeful. That might not make sense, but if you do some more research into sprint training, you'll understand what I mean, but you don't necessarily need to know that for now. All you need to know is the points that I've made before. Acceleration, forward posture, big arm drive, big leg drive, pistons in an engine. Rise like a jet into your max velocity phase. When you're in your max velocity phase, keep nice and tall, strike the ground with purpose, put as much force into the ground as you can. As soon as you hit the ground, get off the ground. Drive those arms forwards and backwards, as always. Nice, easy tips for you there. So, let's talk about the different ways sprinting can improve your fitness. So, obviously, the first way is. Uh, it's going to improve your speed now before we talk about any specifics i want to talk to you about the warm-up the warm-up for sprinting wants to be very dynamic we want to be doing things like leg swings we want to be doing bounds we want to be doing uh, build-up runs build-up sprints the less static you can make it and the more dynamic you can make it then the better. We want to be starting off with dynamic stretches, foot to hand type stretches, opening up the hips and putting the hamstrings through a range of motion that they're going to uh, experience during the sprint and that is so critically important. We want to be ending our warm up with things like jumps and bounds and hops and sprints because we want to be really firing up our central nervous system. We want to be getting those motor units activated and being ready for a all-out sprint so if you want to know more info about sprinting warm-ups then please let me know and I can do a blog post podcast on it whatever so uh, just give me a message after this direct message me on instagram or something and I'll be able to do that for you but Let's talk about speed training. This is obviously the primary factor for sprinting. And again, I'm gonna keep it nice and simple for you. The formula for, or the rest and recovery formula for sprinting for speed is pretty simple. It's one minute rest for every 10 minutes you sprint up to a total of about six minutes. Acceleration development should be done between sort of five and 30 meters. And max speed development should be done between sort of 30 and 50 meters. You want to be performing up to five sprints in a set and rest for five minutes between sets for a total of two to three sets. The most important thing to remember when sprinting for speed is that you want each rep to be as fast as you can make it. So if you can time yourself, that would be ideal. If you've got a friend that can time you, that would be even better because you're going to get a more accurate time. If during the session you feel like you can no longer sprint at your maximal speed or your speed drops below 10% of your best time, so for example if you were sprinting 30 meters in 4 seconds or whatever it may be, That'd be a good, relatively good time. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Anyway, you sp- sprint for 30 meters and it takes you four seconds. And let's say you get to the second rep in your second set and you, you do 4.4 seconds. So your speed has, or oh, sorry, your time has increased by 10%. Your speed has dropped off and you're not going to get that back. Trust me, each rep you do is going to be longer than four seconds, and it's probably going to be longer than that 4.4 seconds, too. Once your central nervous system has fatigued, once you've fatigued your phosphocreatine energy system, it takes a long, long time for it to recover and to get back. And you're not really going to get it back in the sessions. You might get it back the next day, but it's going to be likely going to be 48 hours post. So save yourself from fatigue injury and bad training and when your speed drops off by 10% or that time that it takes you to do a sprint increases by 10% just cut it there I don't care whether you've planned to do three sets of five sprints one set of three sprints whatever rep that happens then you need to cut it there because you're going to do yourself no good after that if you want to do a long-term speed training program, so it's really one of your main goals, your, one of your main goals is wanting to increase your max velocity or your top speed, um, then what I would suggest is breaking it down into three-week blocks. So for the first three weeks, you're going to focus on acceleration. Everything you're going to do is, as I said before, going to be between 5 and 30 metres. And you're going to have one minute's rest for every 10 metres that you sprint. That still applies. Rest and recovery protocols still apply, as I said before. But you're going to start off with a shorter distance. So let's say on week one, you do 10 metres. Week two, you do 15 Week three, you do 20. Week four is going to be a deload. So you're going to cut the volume by half and then you're going to go again. So the next three-week block, you're going to go start off at 15 meters, then go 20, 25, deload. Then you're going to go 25, 30, 35. You want to start at that point blending your acceleration into top speed. If you don't accelerate well, you're never going to get a good max velocity So the longer you can spend perfecting your acceleration and accelerating really well, the better you're going to be at the max velocity end. So don't just jump in and think you've got to do really long sprints all the time. Start off short, work your way up, gradually increase that session volume. The volume intensity spectrum still applies here, so as you go up in your sprint distance the intensity of each rep is going to be increased which means the total volume is going to want to come down so maybe at the end of your sprint of your acceleration cycles you're going to be doing say two sets of five 30 meter sprints as you start getting into sort of 40 50 meters you might do two sets of two sprints or two sets of three sprints or maybe four sets of two sprints something like that the overall volume's got to come down Uh, and come down quite significantly otherwise again you're just going to cook your central nervous system. So I think that is a good overview of sprinting for speeds. the first type of fitness we're going to talk about It's obviously like I said the primary role of sprinting but if you have any more questions or anything please don't hesitate to send me a direct message over Instagram or email me or something I'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you do have and let's move it on so we're going to talk about sprinting for anaerobic fitness next this type of sprinting is going to be the session you're most familiar with it's going to be what you see on instagram all the time it's what your mates are going to do all the time and it's the sort of thing where it's going to be like yeah cross that session yeah you're going to puke in a bucket now and whilst i know i always say there's no room for training until you puke, and I stand by that, there is room excuse me, for training for anaerobic fitness and doing this sort of sprint session for sure, especially if you're a team sport athlete, you're going to be required to do quite a lot of anaerobic sprinting in this fashion, so it's definitely going to be something you can fit in. And also, if you're just looking to keep fit, if you're looking to burn some calories, then this could really fit into like your high intensity interval type training it is a more interval type session you're going to be working at really high outputs in terms of heart rate in terms of sort of the overall work your body is doing it may is probably not going to be as higher output as overall sprinting because you're not going to be able to keep up the high force and power demands but nevertheless it's going to keep your heart rate high and it's going to be a good session to burn calories and generally just get fit and keep strong with so for this type session you want to be sprinting progressively longer distances without any rest and you want to be finishing it off or sorry you want to be having your rest period as an active recovery whether that's a walk or a jog you're passing the ball to yourself off a wall, you're throwing and catching something, whatever it may be, just make it slightly active. So for example, an example session would be uh, sprinting 20, 40 and 60 meters, you're going to go 20 meters back, 40 meters back, 60 meters back, you are gonna do that as fast as you can, and you're going to do a 45 second active rest at the end. And you're going to be doing that between eight and ten times now if you really want a challenging session you could do multiple reps back to back so for example a set could be two or three uh, sprints and you can have a longer rest between so you could have a two to three minute rest between uh, but this can also be modified into a 1.5 kilometer time trial test which a lot of professional sports teams do so if you add a 30 meter sprint in so you do 20 meters there and back 30 there and back 40 there and back And 60 there and back. If you repeat that five times, that is going to be your 1.5 kilometer time trial. And obviously, you can do that at the start of a training block. You can go through some sprint training, you could do it at the end and see how you improve. But doing a combination of times and distances in this way is going to be really good for increasing that anaerobic fitness. You're going to get a lot better at sprinting multiple times in a row it's not particularly it's sort of bleeding with uh, repeat sprint ability which we're going to talk about in a second but this type of anaerobic fitness very applicable to uh, team sport athletes It's very applicable to so maybe the multiple or the multi track and field eventers so your heptathletes maybe your decathletes, who have to sort of do events back to back and you're going to build up fatigue and need to get rid of it if you're a boxer, MMA athlete like the guest in the previous podcast talked about anaerobic fitness really key with an active recovery and you can just play it around maybe 20 40 60 is too much for you to start off with so you could do 10 20 30 with the same rest period and instead of decreasing the rest or increasing the rest I should say you're going to keep the rest periods the same but you're just going to increase the distances so then you could go uh, 15 25 35 or something and just gradually increase it like that until you get up to 20 40 60 if you if that's easy for you on the other end of the spectrum you could always do 20 meters back 40 meters back 60 meters back and then do a full length of a rugby pitch or a football pitch with a walking recovery and as soon as you get back go again something like that this is it's a really good way to be creative with your training as long as you are planning it in a logical fashion remember building up volume first for two to three weeks and then cutting down the volume and really increasing the intensity that's generally the way you want to progress things increase volume and then increase intensity which is gonna basically allow your body to it's gonna allow your body to get used to doing more of that same type of work. So you're building up a base, a foundational base of that sort of fitness. And then you're gonna really hammer down the intensity and really work hard on the peak of that pyramid. Because the bigger the base of the pyramid, the taller the peak. So the better work you can get in on the base of that pyramid, then the taller and better the peak is going to be when you really hammer down on that intensity. And just finishing it off, let's talk about repeat sprintability. Now, this really is a, I'll say bread and butter, but it's not really going to be bread and butter, but a key element to team sport performance, whether you're hockey, football, rugby, even cricket to a certain degree, you're going to need repeat sprintability. Think about defending your line, having to close down defenders, move with the ball or tackle somebody get up make another tackle get up make another tackle hit a ruck whatever it may be whatever you have to do for your sport it's usually in the really intense defensive situations so in the last five minutes of each half where you're defending your line you have to tap into this some this sort of fitness and this is where this sort of training is going to really help you get through that the session itself is going to be similar to the anaerobic fitness session that I talked about previously in terms of that it's going to be an overall sort of lower distance sprint so you're going to be making it up between sprints of between sort of 10 and 20 maybe 30 meters as a push but certainly between 10 and 20 meters and what i would do is start off with the longer sprint first if you decrease the distance of the sprint it's going to allow you to keep the speed of each sprint up because you will definitely notice with the anaerobic sprint or the anaerobic fitness type sprinting your first sprint is going to be as fast as you can do it your second sprint is not going to be so fast and your third sprint will be barely a borderline sprint okay so you want to flip that on its head. you want to be able to keep all sprints really nice and fast so you're going to start off with the longest sprint you're going to do let's say we're going to do our session over 20 meters you could do a 20 meter and back a 10 and back and a 5 and back this is going to help you replicate game type scenarios better and even to replicate a game type scenario better, you might do a 15 meter sprint followed by a 5 meter sprint, followed by a 10 meter sprint. So it's a bit uneven each sprint that you're doing, but keep in mind that this type of sprinting for fitness really helps at team sport, athletes, and again it's gonna it's a good blend between the anaerobic session that I've talked about before and sort of this sort of sports type training so even if you don't play sport and again you just want to have a good session do this sort of session you're going to do three to four sets uh sorry you're going to do three to four sprints in a rep you're going to rest for 30 to 60 seconds between reps do three to five reps in a set rest for two to three minutes between sets and do three to five sets in total Uh, I'm not going to lie, you should be pretty spangled after doing this, this is going to be a good intense session for you but it's going to be really enjoyable as well and you can instead of doing it over a set distance you could flip it on its head and do it over a set time, you can use time as the constraint. For example, you could pick a distance, say 15 meters, and you could pick a time, say 30 seconds. You're gonna sprint 15 meters and back as fast as you can over that 30 seconds, and you're gonna rest for a minute, minute and a half, and you can use a similar sets and rep scheme as I talked about before. I think the great thing about tr- um, using sprinting for fitness is that you can be really creative with it. You can have a, a different session every time but you can be hitting the same physiological outcomes so for example sprinting for speed you could do it over several different distances you can do max speed you can do acceleration you can do transition work and being having that flexibility you can do vastly different sessions week to week but get the same outcome and it's the same with anaerobic it's the same for repeat sprint ability you can play around with it with all the distance and the rest times and you can either get the same physiological adaptation or you can get a different one and ultimately that is what it boils down to manipulating the rest after each sprint manipulating the distance of each sprint and manipulating how many sprints you do is going to either improve your repeat sprint ability or improve your top speed or your anaerobic fitness. And sprinting is so versatile that you can even use it to improve your aerobic fitness. So if you're bored of doing long runs for your cardio, if you're not a cyclist like I am, definitely try and use the uh, sprinting for fitness guide that I've given you here. And just allow yourself to go out and enjoy cardio training again, because cardio training is not all bad, I promise you, and especially when the team sports come back and they are back in season and you're wanting to play your sport again, this is gonna pay off a huge amount, huge amount, especially when you compare it to people who might not have been doing anything. Uh, Just before I go though, or just before we finish here, I want to give you a few tips on getting the most out of your sprint session. So the first tip is you want to leave at least two days between sessions, no matter what type. You are going to build up a lot of fatigue, both centrally in terms of your nervous system and your motor units, and peripherally in terms of metabolic uh, accumulation in the muscle, muscle damage, etc. So leave at least two days between sessions try not to do more than two sprint sessions in a week if you're doing sort of two sprint sessions in a week plus another form of cardio training plus your body weight training it can all get a bit much and it can all get a bit sort of muddled together what i would say is stick to two sprint training sessions a week maybe three at a push if you're used to playing sport every saturday uh You want to be sprinting on a smooth surface so preferably grass but you don't really want to be sprinting on concrete or roads concrete and road is very hard it's very unforgiving grass is going to be a lot smoother and healthier on your joints it's going to be a lot more forgiving on your hips and ankles so pick a smooth surface something like grass you don't want to be sprinting over a bobbly bad sports pitches or you don't want to be sprinting over uneven surfaces, pick a nice smooth surface. And normal running shoes are fine. If you have football boots, rugby boots or something, you could use that if the ground is soft enough. Uh, But you don't need to go buying expensive shoes or spikes. What you have now will be absolutely fine. And even barefoot if you want to try something a bit different you want to be a bit careful when you sprint barefoot especially if it's your first time but normal running shoes are fine don't go out buying expensive equipment and that ladies and gentlemen of the unseen athletes is sprinting for fitness in a nutshell i hope you've enjoyed today's episode thank you very much for listening don't forget that you can now get your 10 essential home training tips by going to Athletic Strength Go. Oh, excuse I've messed that up. Excuse me. You can go to go. So, go. athletic strengthuk.co.uk forward slash get G E T. And by putting in your name and email address, you can get your 10 essential home training tips how amazing is that uh, don't forget to follow athletic strength uk on facebook and instagram and don't forget to give some feedback at the end of this podcast i hope you're enjoying all of this and i hope that uh it's not been too long since i last posted i know it's been well the start of april but hey it's a crazy world we live in and, and we're all trying to do our best at the moment so give a guy a break call yeah. uh signing out from the podcast peace That's it for another episode of the Fitness for Sport podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This is the part where I tell you to go and sign up to the mailing list. Now, if you want free training advice and guidance every day, then make sure you click the description in the show notes or you go to yes.athleticstrengthuk.co.uk forward slash sign underscore up and you will get a new email in your inbox every Monday to Friday with free training advice, free guidance from everything from weight training, power training, speed training to mental health and all the rest. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to sign up, click the link in the show notes and I shall see you next time.